At Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, we believe theological education should be confessional. Because of our desire to identify with what Christ has done in His Church throughout the centuries, we fully adhere to the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith. This standard keeps us accountable and preserves us from novelty. For more information on how you can receive informed scholarship with Pastoral Heart, check out our website, cbtseminary.org. Welcome to another episode on the Pastor's Inbox on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, In this conversation, we're going to be talking about what someone should do whenever they do not live within the range of a true church of Christ. I think that this question could be extremely practical for many people, at least living uh, in the United States of America and rural places or in various places throughout the world where a true church of Christ has not been planted and there is not a thriving lampstand within a reasonable distance from them. And what what do we do in one of those circumstances? We're going to be talking about that in this conversation. But before we jump right into uh, advice that we might think about or suggestions that we might give to people who don't live within the range of a true church of Christ, we'll begin by asking Uh, How would you describe a true church of Christ, and what are some of the characteristics that identify a true church? So, Pastor Joe, what do you think? Uh, Well, Brother Austin, I may be uh, in the minority on on this. I don't know, but I, uh, I do believe that only Christ knows with infallible certainty which churches are true churches of his. Only he knows which ones might be on dangerous ground of becoming, uh, of being disowned by him. And so I try to be very careful regarding passing judgment on what is a true church of Christ. Uh, there are some certain things that I can say on the subject. I, I do believe that when a church uh, leaves any of the cardinal doctrines of the gospel, hmm. that I then I feel comfortable saying, I don't recognize you as a true church of Christ. That is when they have left. I'm not talking about churches like the Galatian churches who are in the process of leaving, but uh, I do believe that whenever Christ disowns a church, eventually it will become known in that the church will probably desert the gospel itself. Hmm. And that personally is when I'm comfortable. I know some people say, well, when you don't practice discipline, I don't know that I see that in scripture. By the way, I come from a background uh, that uh, makes a living almost as it were, unchurching churches and deciding that no one except churches of their particular stripe are true churches of Christ. And I shy away from that as much as I can. I believe a church may have many doctrinal and even practical deficiencies so long as they confess whatever is entailed in the statement in Matthew 16, 16, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Upon this rock, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And therefore I believe a church may, as long as they're sound on who, on the person and work of Christ. And let me say justification by faith alone in that Christ alone then I would recognize them as true churches, though they may have other deficiencies. I believe there are Arminian churches, more or less Arminian, that are true churches of Christ. 
I believe a church may be in error concerning gospel ordinances and still be a true church. I disagree with my uh, Presbyterian uh, and pedo-baptist brethren. I certainly don't unchurch them because I just because I think they're wrong in one area. I think that the church may be erroneous in church government and still be a church of Christ. I believe a church may have an erroneous, to me, eschatology still be true. So uh, I just think we need to be careful. I also know that a church may be true at one time and become false. Hmm. Um, And as I've already said, it's highly probable, I believe, that when Christ does remove his presence from a true church, eventually I'll be able to recognize that when that church leaves the gospel. But Lee, you may be able to balance me out or even even uh, help me, even uh, enlighten me on some points here. So I'll throw it to you. Well, my brother, if you're in a minority uh, about not wanting to unchurch, then uh, at least I'm in good company to be in that same minority because I, I think we do need to be very careful. There can be uh, some serious issues going on, uh, and yet that doesn't negate it, the possibility that it's a, a true church. Yeah. Uh, the definition uh, that's ascribed at least to Calvin and, and to the Reformers of where the word is preached, and obviously it means accurately so, mm-hmm. and then where the, the sacraments or ordinances, and then where there is discipline, and under that heading, I think they would include you know, more of the structure and recognized membership and things of that nature. But, but you know, there, if indeed that is a, a, an accurate statement from what the reformers felt, uh, you can see that it, it left all kinds of things open there. It, it didn't go into such specificity as to start, you know, disregarding that group and that group. Uh, are there these essentials, and especially is the gospel really preached? And, and I would have to take it a, a step further as well, and I'm sure you would, Joe. There might be all kinds of problems. We've talked about doctrinal differences, mm-hmm. but there might be all kinds of problems in yeah. a church, mm-hmm. and yet it still be a true church. I mean, you look at First Corinthians, yeah. and Paul goes after issue after issue after issue, and he addresses those issues, and evidently they responded to what he said because when he wrote his second letter, he didn't repeat those issues. Uh, so they must have repented. Uh, on the other hand, he's got a whole new set of issues to address in Second Corinthians. But but the point is, the, he didn't say they weren't a true church. He recognized that they were. You've already mentioned the churches in Galatia, and though at least not a few are toying with heresy that that would be a denial of the gospel, yet they haven't gone that far. Uh, Paul's still calling them brethren, and uh, he's warning them. Uh, some serious warning going on, but he, he still writes to them as the churches of Galatia, or we think of Revelation 2 and 3. And here are these seven churches, and there's the threat of the removal uh, of the candlestick, but uh, you find that even though these churches had, uh, most of them had serious problems, and our Lord was not indifferent toward those problems. Mm -hmm. He rebuked them, 
Yet he didn't say, and therefore you are no longer a church. I suppose the, the church in Laodicea would come the closest of that when he says, I stand outside the door and knock. I believe the picture there is not the sinner's heart, but it's the idea of that church, and he's excluded from it. Um, but even then, he's recognizing true believers in it, and he doesn't uh, say, you guys are already far too gone. You're no longer a true church. So all that simply to say there can be some serious doctrinal deficiencies and there can be other real uh, order issues and other problems that doesn't necessarily mean it's not a true church. So I would be with you, Joe. I think, is the gospel truly proclaimed? Mm -hmm. Is Christ, uh, the true Christ, truly known and loved? Uh, and, and is there some order going on there? Call it discipline or whatever. Or are there the, the ordinances? Are, those are the kind of things I think we should look for saying, is this a true church? So Austin, I throw it back to you. Well, that's helpful brothers to think about what makes up a church that someone should look for. Um, but now I just want to ask you guys, uh, what suggestions would you give to someone who doesn't live within the range of a true church? Uh, Hopefully they can find one, but maybe there are circumstances where someone doesn't truly live within the range of a a, a, a church where the gospel is proclaimed. What what advice would you give to them? Well, let me uh, address that with a few thoughts, uh, Brother Austin. Uh, first, I'll say this. I, I could never recommend that a sincere and true Christian join themselves to a false church, hmm. one that they do not consider to be a true church. I remember reading in Spurgeon's uh, diary of a lady who told him she had found a way to, uh, even though she went to a poor, in my, in my thinking, and not a church at all, she had found a way to still get edification. She simply put the word not in front of or else behind everything that the preacher said. And when she reversed what the preacher said, she got good doctrine, which fed her. I don't recommend that you get uh get your edification by having to put a negative in front of or behind whatever the preacher is saying. I can never recommend that. Uh, I certainly recommend uh, that it is better. And this is the second thing I'll say. It's better to be part of a weak church. If true, if the gospel, the true gospel is there, despite these uh, other deficiencies that there may be, I think it's better to be a part of that church than to stay away from church altogether. I do think that some people do that. I fear that some people are so super sound that they excuse themselves from the public worship of God. And they sit, they excuse themselves in sitting home every Sunday in front of the TV and tuning in a preacher. Uh, internet sometimes has some good preaching on it. I thank God for that sometimes has some rich preaching. It certainly has a lot of bad, but it's no substitute for the local church. Uh, bad pro programs, religious programs cannot substitute for a, the local church and even good programs are not a substitute. Uh, my suggestion would be to someone who's looking for a, a good true church uh, in the area in which they live, find the best New Testament church you can in your area and join yourself to it and profit under it, even though you may not be able to agree 
in mm. every jot and tittle with what the church is standing for. And even though there may sometimes be an area, an error that you consider serious. But if there is no true church within range of you, then start packing your bags. Uh, if there's no true church anywhere around that you can go to, make plans to move as soon as you can. That's my advice. Unless there are other families like you who would love to see a good church and then seek a church from somewhere else to maybe begin a mission work or a church planning effort in the place where you are. Mm -hmm. um, be willing to prayerfully and seriously consider moving to a location where there is a good, well-ordered New Testament church. It's worth changing jobs. It's worth changing towns, neighbors, in order to find the best church you can find. Uh, so even in some cases, I'm saying this, if there's no true church near you, you need, you need to be ready to move to find one for you and your family. If there's a better church, a stronger church, a more well-ordered church than that weak church that you're currently able to go to, you ought to maybe prayerfully consider moving to the location where you can get your family under. This is what I did some 35 years ago. I left one part of Kentucky to move to a place where there was a reformed Baptist church, a 1689 confessional church. And I packed up my family and, and we moved down here for that very reason. That's the one reason we came. People, people thought it was kind of crazy to move 300 miles to, to, to go to a good church. But listen, a, a, a good church is, is worth going to. Few things in this world are more important than good, faithful, God-worshipping, Christ-exalting, a God-honoring local church, uh, getting yourself and your family under that. Uh, I know people who have made what the world would deem as foolish sacrifices in order to get a good church, and they're glad they did. And I've heard it said before, and I don't mind repeating it. We often hear people leaving a good church in order to get a better job. Oh, I'll move to get a better job. But we too rarely hear of people leaving a good job to get a better church. Hmm. And that's a better course because the church where you and your family worship God and have the means of grace is more important than your job. Um, I know persons who have made spiritually wise decisions. And personally, I can say for me and my wife would agree with me and hopefully my children would also, we made the right decision to try to get to a better church, regardless whatever sacrifices it might take. I also know people though, who have made foolish or people who have made unwise choices that have taken them and their families away from a good, true church and they have suffered uh, bad spiritual effects. Think about Abraham and Lot. Think about how Lot vexed his righteous soul by making a decision based on temporal worldly motives instead of a decision that was in the best interest spiritually of him and his family. Lee, what do you say? 
Well, uh, brother, I, I certainly uh, receive well the 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 spirit uh, in which you speak, and, and I, I do think you're right about relocating uh, even to the best church that you can. Uh, and I don't think you would disagree with me uh, in saying, but there might be some circumstances where a person is simply not able to do so, uh, even so in our country. But I'm thinking as Austin had prefaced this by talking about it in other countries uh, as well, yeah. where finding a true church uh, cannot be uh, yeah. just cannot be easily done. Uh, and, and so in those cases where, uh, yes, it, it may require relocating, but if that is an impossibility for, for whatever reason, um, uh, well, we have to remember that the Ethiopian eunuch wasn't told by Philip, you know, you get in this chariot, you turn around, you go right back to Jerusalem where there's a church. Now, of course, Philip was quickly zapped out of there, so he didn't have much time to give counsel of any kind. But at least the Ethiopian eunuch did have his Bible, and 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 the Lord did bless. I look forward to meeting that brother in due course and find out exactly what transpired after he went on to Ethiopia and what went from there. But I I think that that whereas we we do need to to say I need to as a steward I need to be in the best place I can for the sake of my soul, the sake of my family, for the sake of my uh, usefulness for Christ. Yet uh, a couple of caveats. One is I think that sometimes people are ready to say, well, there is no true church here, like we've just discussed, uh, mm -hmm. when in actual fact, no, there is a, a mm -hmm. true church there. And if it's not possible uh, to relocate, then would it not be better to uh, uh, seek to serve Christ right where you are in that church context as much as you can by way of of good conscience because those churches that I mentioned earlier, Corinth and uh, Revelation 2 and 3, they were not told, now pack up and leave and get out of there. Uh, might be reasons why they couldn't uh, or weren't told that, but just because a church may have some problems, the difference between the real and the ideal, here's what a church should be. And so it's not a matter of, uh, of well, here's what a church should be or what I want it to be versus what actually is. I, I, again, all that we've said before about a, a true church needs to be factored in there. Mm -hmm. I would say if, if a person is in a situation where they're not able to relocate, uh, what, how far is it to the nearest church? If there is something around, I'm thinking again of our own nation here, uh, is it possible to at least go there occasionally and to establish a relationship uh, with believers in that place. So at least there's something going on. There's some level of fellowship uh, while doing what you can uh, at home. Um, obviously, too, and Joe, I know you'd be very on this same page, to pray, uh, to ask that the Lord would uh, build his church, uh, that the gospel would come to your locale with power and, and using what means of grace you have, crying out to the Lord to direct the steps, but also to do good right there, to bring like-minded brethren, as you were saying earlier, uh, Pastor Joe, that it could be uh, that, would, that the Lord would then plant a church there. Uh, those would just be a, a, a few things. Because of the scenarios differ so much, individual to individual and place to place, it, it's hard to make any kind of definitive statement. So I know that 
that myself and Joe, we're not doing that. But but we are saying, boy, here's some serious things that need to be in the hopper in your consideration. So, Joe, I'm going to throw it back to you to, if there's anything further that comes to mind. No, I don't have anything further to say. Thank you for your uh, comments. Well, thank you guys both for taking up this subject. I know that this is one that's been at least on uh, some of my friends' minds thinking about this topic and We've uh, tried to address it faithfully, and we hope that uh, the answer has been sufficient for considering this question. And if you have any other questions, as always, continue to submit them to pastorsinbox at cbtseminary.org. Thank you for continuing to tune in. Until the next time, we wish you grace and peace.